Welcome to True Wisdom, a podcast around the Bible. Or is it really around getting to know God through the Bible? What do you think, Andrew? You said a podcast around the Bible or getting to know God? Um, through the Bible. Through the Bible. Well, this is there are only two ways that we can get to know God, through the Bible and through nature. Um, and nature is the second book. It's not the first book. It's not the primary book. Um, so the purpose of studying the scripture should be to know Christ, through whom is life eternal. That's a fair point. All right. Excellent. Now, why? what is our key verse? Our key verse is Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. And I said it from memory this time, because the last time, I was bugged by the fact afterwards that I was so nervous about it for some weird reason. Because um, I say plenty of, there are plenty of passages throughout the course of us doing a podcast that I will say from memory as we come across them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why am I having trouble with that one? <laughs> right? And I was like, no, there's no reason why I should be struggling with that. Um, I don't know. It's just like this phobia. It, it's, a, it's associated with me doing podcasts and, um, any kind of presentation thing, any type of thing where I have to be prepared. I like to have my my stuff in triplicate so that mistakes don't happen. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's a kind of thing. When we get into a story, I don't remember all of that, especially for the ones that I'm doing with you where you're the one managing the, the infrastructure, as it were. And I just get into it. So once I get past that, but in the, in the beginning, in this piece, I'm thinking portions of my brain are allocated to how's this going? <laughs> Am I doing the right thing? <laughs> right, so I, right. afterwards, I, I said, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm nervous about it. I'm like, we've been doing this thing for three years. I know this first. Right. Why exactly. am I acting silly about it? So I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go through it a couple of times beforehand and and just go with it. We We have to, this is, you know, so I'm going to say this. I, I'm not fearful as a public speaker. I'm not actually an extrovert. If anything, I'm an acquired extrovert by virtue of growing up in church, by virtue of the responsibilities I had in technology as a manager. I came into positions where I needed to converse and, and interact with people. And so I have become comfortable with it over time. But naturally, if you left me alone, I'd stay in a cave and just read and, and do so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't come out, you know, if I didn't have to. Um, and I know that some people feel this way. They don't like sharing, um, not because they don't like Jesus or don't like the Bible or don't like the experiences that they're getting or what they're learning, but because they just don't feel comfortable speaking to people. They don't want to make mistakes and misrepresent God. And I would say if that's your fear... That's the best situation you can be in. The Holy Spirit is able to work with people who recognize that they have failings and that God's name should be revered and honored and held up high. Um, God will God will sort that out, right? He, he told He told just like Jesus told the disciples, if you're brought up before synagogues and before rulers and whatever, don't worry about what you're going to say. Mm. The Holy Spirit in that hour give you what you need to say, and that applies not just coming before tribunals, but even in personal witnessing 
Okay. All right, that's that's excellent. Okay. All right. So I believe it is your turn to pray. Sure thing. Let's have a word of prayer before we begin here. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity to do this. We thank you for uh, granting us this privilege for over three years at this point. Um, and we we ask you to help us that this will be a blessing to others. We're grateful for the opportunity to do it, not just because of the sharing effect, but just to be able to do this study together. And we pray that it will be a blessing to others, those who hear it will be blessed by it and will be willing to share it with others to keep expanding that blessing. Please help us in all that we do or say now. Please be with the technology and help us all stay working. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what is our topic of discussion for today? We haven't been in the book of Proverbs in a while, and I'd like us to look at Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. I don't know if I have a title for it. We'll see if we have one. I mean, it could just be called Proverbs 29. It won't hurt anyone. Um, but doesn't but, I give that away all in the very beginning? Yeah, you know, so I'll say this. There are times where I find it valuable to, um, uh, to have a little bit of mystique with the name, you know, to make a reference and have people go, oh, I wonder what this was about. Uh, but at the end of the day, I also desire replayability. And the second time, you're going to know exactly what it is. So <laughs> the content has to be good enough. <laughs> the content has to be good enough that regardless of how the name gets you, um, th that you still you still come back. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see as we go through because every proverb has a theme. And we will see if, um, if there's a specific theme that shines through this. Okay. Proverbs 29. There are only 27 verses. I think this can be, I won't, I won't say anything about how long mm -hmm. it'll be. <laughs> the thing about Proverbs is each verse can be its mm -hmm. own. Well, that's its own proverb. Each verse can be its own discussion. Um, sometimes, yeah, yeah they don't yeah. work upon each other where you can just read a group of five. So you could actually end up with 27 separate discussions here. <laughs> Sure. True. All right. True. Starting at verse one of Proverbs 29. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Oh, man. So there's one. Anyone with children, um, anyone with stubborn children. And and OK, I'm going to say this really quick. Uh -huh. A discussion we had recently, a uh, 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 Co a friend of mine had a discussion around our children, and we talked about how when we talk to our children sometimes, we can literally hear God talking to us. When we're mm -hmm. talking to our children about disobedience and whatever, and we're in our mind, we're, we're being stern with our children, but in our mind, we're like, yeah, uh -huh. that's exactly what God is saying to you. So uh, go ahead with your point. No, that's that's a very good point. The, the interesting thing about this, and... Um, I know we shouldn't just look in the world for this. Like we're reading these not to point out other people elsewhere. We're reading these to recognize our own issues. But listen to this. 
he that being often reproved, someone that God is coming to repeatedly, 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 and that person stiffens their neck, hardens his neck, right? That's how you get stiff neck, mm-hmm. shall suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy, meaning no recourse, no recovery. And we have people in the Bible that that, that came to um, Nadab and Abihu, right? Which tells you there was repeated effort to reprove them. Achan and his family, there's no recovery from that. So we have to be careful when we just resist, 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 because this is describing grieving the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Often reproved, harden his neck. At some point, you just get cut off. Hmm. Hmm. All right, moving along. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Hmm. That's straightforward. Whoso loveth wisdom rejoiceth his father, but he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. Yeah, so that tells you that keeping company with harlots is not wise. Yeah. It's an interesting juxtaposition. It's an interesting dichotomy. Okay, let me find a... uh, It's an interesting contra. Thank you. (laughs) Too many highfalutin words. It's an interesting Mm -hmm. contrast... Uh, between what good comes from it and what evil comes from it. Right. You know, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, because normally the parallelism and and the the little contrast is wisdom, foolishness, such and such, such and such. But instead, he described how someone will react to someone who has embraced wisdom and what foolishness looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And the result of it. And the result of it. Mm-hmm. Verse 4, the king by judgment establisheth, establisheth the land, but he that receiveth gifts overthrows it. And receiveth gifts there means take bribes. Yeah, it is called receiving gifts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, because there's a euphemism. Nobody says, hey, I take bribes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a euphemism, receiving gifts. Verse 5. A man, a man that flattereth his neighbor spreadeth a net for his feet. Now, this is an important, this is actually an important proverb. If you blow someone's head up, you're actually damaging them. Mm. You're making them more susceptible to flattery, and either you will take advantage of that later, or they will be taken advantage of by somebody else because now they'll be susceptible to flattery. Mm-hmm. Think about how Darius got um, Daniel in the in the lion's den. He was susceptible to flattery. That's mm-hmm. what happened. And it's interesting. It says a net instead of a snare, because a snare would would take hold almost immediately, while a net is something. Oh, oh yeah, a net, a net is right. You can stand in a net for a while, mm-hmm. right? Because it it spread us a net for his feet. Mm-hmm. When it gets pulled will be by someone else's choice. Right. Right? A smear pretty much is instant as you point it out. Yeah. And it's funny. Look at verse 6. In the transgression of an evil man, there is a snare, but the righteous does sing and rejoice. 
So there you see it, the transgression. That's there's an immediate result rather than yeah. spreading a net, which is a uh, um, a down a future issue. Right. All right. Verse seven. <clears throat> Excuse me. The righteous considereth the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. That is so. Yeah. It changed the word regardeth to pretendeth. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Right, the wicked, the the righteous considers, looks at the matter, and evaluates the cause of the poor. What's going on? The, this poor person ha- has come with a request, or I notice that they have a need. Right, considers it, evaluates it, looks to take some steps to deal with it. The wicked pretends to, that he doesn't even see that there's an issue. So <clears throat> there's there's such a purposefulness there because it doesn't say the righteous fix the problem. You're only righteous if you can fix the problem. What it's saying is even the even the mindset of considering it shows you have some compassion, some righteousness in you. But the I way- would, mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying I'm not saying acting on it. I'm saying they don't. You don't have to fix it, but you have you have to think about it. You have but, to but I, examine. I, I, I know, no, no. I get that you're saying that, but I think I disagree with it, and okay. here's why. The the so this is kind of one of the principles that's there. Righteousness is right doing. If if someone is a hearer of the word, right, mm-hmm. but they don't do, then James tells you that that person is not in a good place. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. If someone only considered, thought about, contemplated the plight of the poor and did nothing, you could not classify them as righteous. Ah, but I didn't say did nothing. I just said doesn't solve it. I'm not saying well, you don't do anything. Okay, so solve, but, but these, I don't think the Bible ever enjoins us to solve poverty. Right, but you have to work towards... You have to contribute to lessening the effect of poverty and homelessness and things like that. That is something we're definitely called to do. And I, 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 I kind of <laughs> the the reason I'm I'm kind of nitpicking on this is the distinction I would make. Let me try and get a sentence out. The distinction I would make is that we're called on to relieve the needs of a person who is poor, who is fatherless, who is naked, right? But but we're not called to steadily diminish the effect of poverty or homelessness or you see I'm saying, I I'm, I think that the distinction should be made mm-hmm. because if someone's naked and you close them you are serving an immediate need, but they now have one change of clothes and you're not under an obligation scripturally to provide them with 10 or 15 or make sure that they continue to have clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should not do it. I'm saying that the Bible injunction is that you satisfy the needs that the person has at the present. We talk a lot about, oh, teach a man to fish. The, the Bible doesn't emphasize teaching them to fish. Mm-hmm. It emphasizes giving them a fish you would be prudent to give them a fish and then teach them how to fish more. But the Bible is focused on that guy's hungry. Don't you have a fish you could give him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I think that we can get caught up trying to solve the big picture problem and miss the smaller ones that are right there. This guy needs a meal. You're going to see him. There are many people, for instance, when we lived in New York or when we lived in New Jersey and I lived in New- and worked in New York, and I was able to help someone with a meal. I did not solve their homelessness. I did not solve their poverty, and I did not solve their hunger on a longer-term basis. I was present at a particular point, and they needed a meal or they needed to shelter, and I was able to help that problem at that time. And the Bible calls us to do that. I'm not saying that we should shun doing anything larger, but I would hope that we would not look at the poor and then put in motion big elaborate plans. Meanwhile, (laughs) your plans are a year out and these people are struggling today, tomorrow, next week, right? That's, That's the only, that's why I'm hesitant about the language. I'm getting picky. Right, right. No, I got it. I got it. And, and, and so the Bible, from the whole point about considerate, the implication is that they do something to solve the problem. That's, that's how the Bible works as it pertains to that kind of word. Job used it when he talked about the cause of the person I did not know I, I sought out, right? Even though he doesn't say and solved, it's implied. It, like God doesn't allow us to find out that someone has a problem and then move on. <laughs> it's like, no, once you've found out, you address it within the means that God has provided you a steward of, mm. right? Um, and that's why the wicked pretends not to know, because if they don't know, they don't have to do. Okay. Got it, got it. And now we're at verse 7. Oh, excuse eight. me, 8. Scornful mm-hmm. men bring a city into a snare but wise men turneth away wrath. No, this is another lovely contrast. And, and something we see in society. Mm. So what, what's being said here is scornful men. I would, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter how high ranking the men are within that city, but it would make more sense if they were high ranking. But essentially, People who are malicious, who are mouthy, who are just antagonistic, they create conflict that might drag a whole city into that conflict. Right, right. Right? We saw that during the early COVID era where different governmental leaders of different regions and jurisdictions were combating one another. Yes, yes and bringing their whole regions into play because of, by nature of their, um, by virtue of the position they had. Wise men turn away wrath. So scornful men obviously stir up wrath since wise men turn it away. And scornful men are not wise. All of these things you derive from that one line. All right. All right. (laughs) Verse 9. If a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. (laughs) (laughs) The Bible, this is one of the most interesting things in the Bible that I've found, is that it basically says that dealing with a fool is tricky. There are times that you want to approach him from the position of his folly to expose it. 
There are times where you just want to approach him from the position of superior wisdom and not even address his folly directly. There are times where it doesn't matter if you are angry at him, if you challenge him, or if you just laugh and mock him, it doesn't stop the problem. Foolish man is an irritation. You have to be careful. When dealing with foolish people, and I'm talking about persistently, not a person who has made a foolish mistake or anything of that sort. A, a foolish man, someone who is in the habit of foolishness. Be careful, lest you get dragged down. Mm. Verse 10, they blood thirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth in Till it until afterwards. <laughs> if a ruler hearken to lies, all of his servants are wicked. Interesting. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. Wow. If a if a leader is willing to listen to lies, guess what all his servants will do? They will lie. Because that will be the best way to have influence with that leader. So even if they didn't start out wicked, they will end up wicked and wicked people will be attracted to him. Wow. So, and, and so this is an ongoing thing, not just a one time, mm -hmm. like you mentioned Darius yeah. and one time he listened to the flattery and the lies. And mm -hmm. because of that, he made an error. But mm -hmm. he, he wasn't continually listening to it. It was just a one-time thing. This this shows more of a continuance. Right, because in the case with Darius, that conflict put him at odds with his favorite guy. Right. And so that kind of awakened him. He realized what he did. That's why he didn't sleep that night. Let's use a different person. Remember um, King Joash? And remember, as soon as Jehoiada dies and yeah. the princes come to his foolishness, he drifts. And where do we see him later? Killing a prophet of God. So, yeah, whole kingdom is busted. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, let's see. The poor and the deceitful man meet together. The Lord lighteneth both their eyes. Hmm. Yep. In, in many ways, we are all brethren we are all equal and it is only god who can enlighten us as to our condition and um and our situation that's what it boils down to all right the king that faithfully judges the poor his throne shall be established forever mm -hmm. the rod and reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself brings bringeth his mother to shame. Mm. You know, that sort of reminds me of um, a while back, there was a young man who was rioting in Baltimore, and his mother caught him and recognized him uh -huh. on TV and went down and got him and beat him in public. <laughs> and everybody applauded the mother. Yep. She recognized this is my son acting out. I am going to get him. Like, no. oh no, not 
not going to disparage my family there. Exactly. <laughs> and he had a mask on and everything. And she recognized yep. him and went and Mama got him. Mama knew. <laughs> Verse 16. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increaseth, but the righteous shall see their fall. Wow. That's, that's a promise. Yeah, that's something we have to hang on to. Yeah. If we're righteous, that is. <laughs> well, you should hang on to it both ways, because if you do hang on to it, you will not be on the wicked side. Yeah. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. That takes me back to 15. Mm-hmm. Verse 18. Now, for clarification's sake, why doesn't uh-huh. Edna mention daughter? Because um, that's a good point, and they rarely mention daughter. The the thing that we should understand is that the head of household is who? The father. And 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 typically, we see in the Bible, especially, the family goes the way that the father goes. Right, Aiken right. and all his house destroyed. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, and all their company. So you got that's the guy you got to correct. Because if you correct him, the father is corrected and the son is corrected when he starts his household, the rest of the people are safe. Mm. It's true that in today's society, we don't hearken in that way. You know, everybody is free to do whatever they're doing and what have you. And of course, to the extent that you're your own person operating, that counsel applies to you as the head of whatever kind of a household you're operating. Um, but the reason why it was originally written to the the men is because that's who was in charge of everything and and whose influence led to prosperity or destruction. Mm. All right. Even Jezebel, for all the flack she gets, if Ahab had stood up to her, she would have been better off than he was. Right? Because the Bible emphasizes that he married her and did a bunch of foolishness. Even though it highlights her wickedness independently, it makes it pretty clear that she was able to do that because he didn't prevent it from happening. Right. And even Athaliah, for all of her craziness, when do we see the wickedness manifest? When her son dies. And she takes over by herself. As long as her husband was alive or her firstborn was alive, she was restrained. Hmm. All right. And hey, this is one of the most famous um, verses from Proverbs. Where there Mm -hmm. is no vision, the people perish. And they stop there. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he uh-huh. We tend to skip that second part. Mm-hmm. A servant shall not be corrected by words, for though he understand, he will not answer. Hmm. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I might have to dig into that one a little deeper. For though he answer, for though he understand, he will not answer. That's going to take a little bit more study. Hmm. Verse 20, 
Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. Oh, boy. Wow. Fast What's worse is it says that he's not a fool. He's worse than a fool. Impetuousness is the problem. Yeah. Which brings us back to eight. Scornful men bring a city into a snare. You think scorners aren't impetuous many times? <laughs> All right. Verse 21. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become his son at the length. Mm. Ah. So don't treat him as a servant. Um, right. That's the delicately bringing up that 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 shows you're investing in him. Mm-hmm. Twenty-two. An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious furious man aboundeth in transgression. That is oh, very boy. true. That's that's a hot-headed person. Oh boy! If 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 we could just fly banners with with this proverb all over the planet and just look at how different things in in society are showing these things to be very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Twenty three. A man's pride shall bring him low. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Mm. Ooh, that's true. Isn't that interesting? Pride will drag him down, but but humility will be upheld by honor. That is true. Whoso is partner with a thief hateth his own soul. He heareth cursing and bereath it not. Oh my goodness. Okay, so what this is saying is if if I'm partner with a thief and and this guy has stolen something and now the people who have been thieved, who have been victimized, are cursing the loss of whatever, and I don't fess up that I know what's happening, I hate my own soul. Yeah. 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Okay, so I can speak to that personally. There Mm -hmm. are many things in life that I start to do, and fear stops me from doing it instantly. It's that same snare tactic. And we're not talking about healthy fear. We're not right. talking about healthy fear. We're talking about fear of, I mean, I, there's a circumstance right now where I feel compelled to do something. And in the, ro- the long run, I can see where it's, it's doable. But then fear of, oh, will I have enough? Oh, fear of uh, now it's going to change the way I have to approach things. How will I do it? I'm not counting God in any of that because I don't, I'm trying not to be presumptuous and saying, oh, God will take care of this. Because my fear is that my calling to it is my own, and God has no part in it, so he'll want no part in it, and he won't do anything to protect me from it. It's the fear of, 
if I step out this door without knowing it's God calling me, then I'll get hit by a bus. It, honestly, it's that type of fear as if God doesn't give you impression to do something, you pray about it, then you move forward and do it. Right. So, yes, I, I know 25, 100%. That snare has kept me from doing a lot of things that um, it doesn't mean I'll be successful in my own right doing it, but I can't be successful at all if I don't do it. That's true. Verse 26, many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. Huh. And lastly, verse 27 of chapter 29, an unjust man is an abomination to the just, and he mm. that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. Do you see that? Oh, someone... Righteous... <laughs> Someone's and the name. wicked are abominations to each other. Someone's name came to mind. <laughs> Someone specific, their name came to mind. They've been in the news a lot lately. I am offering no judgment on the person itself. I'm only talking about the news and the effect that that person's activities is having on others. And how people are responding to him. Those who are not responding to the wickedness that they're hearing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I can see. I can see that. The unjust man is an abomination to the just. But this also tells us that the way in which we interact with people who are actively wicked explains something to the world about us. I'm not saying you have to walk around condemning people every 15 seconds because Jesus didn't do that. And he was in the best position to do that of any person who ever walked on this planet. Right. But if you're too comfortable with people who are clearly violating God's laws, kind of says something about you because you're not supposed to be comfortable with abomination. Yeah, that's very true. That is very true. So do you have any more thoughts on this? I think we can call this the wicked and the righteous. <laughs> that sort of covers it, doesn't it? It does, more so in this proverb than some others. The <sighs> wicked and the righteous. All right. I will, uh, I will pray to close us out. Well, thank you, Lord, for these Proverbs. Um, each sentence holds a whole paragraph of, of lifestyle changes and instruction and, and um, a really core things that we do need to follow. We pray that we will take these to heart, and we will just not just keep them, but share them with others. They're right there in your word. We don't have to put them up as our wisdom. It is your wisdom. So guide us. As we go throughout the week, that we remember these things, we remember our behaviors, how we need to act, and how we, what we need to do to even be considered righteous or just. Uh, bless us all, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Andrew, have you covered this in your podcast? Can you give us some more detail? Not this particular proverb. I am thinking about it, though. Not this particular problem. What proverb. One of the things I, I do like to do is 
separate some time between the time I do them because it also gives fresh insight. There are times where I'll do a, uh, I'll do a podcast on something, and when we do it, it comes from a different angle. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't even see that. Um, but we're talking about here, true wisdom, and over there, rightly divide the word of truth at biblestudy.asczone.com. We do devotionals over there. We do the Sabbath school lesson, a review of that lesson each week. And we endeavor to achieve the same goals here, to help people in their pursuit of Bible study to find and understand and appreciate and accept Christ as their personal Savior. All right. And if you want to reach out to us about this or any other podcast we've done, we've got quite a few. You can email us at truewisdom, excuse me, at info at truewisdom.info. Thank you. <laughs> I completely, I wanted to say .com, and I kept saying, no, that's wrong, that's wrong. Info at truewisdom.info. Um, we also are taking uh, messages over Twitter at truewisdom underscore pod. And you can check out some of our other lessons, our previous lessons, at our website, truewisdom.buzzsprout.com. So we thank you for listening, and we pray you will be blessed.